0: Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. If you use a smart speaker, you can always ask Alexa to enable the SOS radio skill. We're talking about igniting our faith in the next generation on SOS radio. We're talking with Rachel Ruth Lotz Wright. How are you, Rachel Ruth?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much.
0: You know, your grandfather was Billy Graham, your mom was Anne Graham Lotz. And when you grow up in a family full of Bible teachers, like when did you notice that faith had to be personal for you? It wasn't like something that you just inherited because you were part of the Graham and the Lotz family.
1: I know. Well, you know how they say just because you're born in a garage doesn't mean you're a car. You know, so just because I was born in this family didn't mean that I was automatically a Christian. So I had to take my faith as my own. And and it was really because of those examples. my both said to my grandparents and my parents that then I saw that that's what I wanted. And even I was young, I was five when I first asked Jesus into my heart and and then then grew in my relationship with the Lord. But I, I knew that it had to be my own. And the Lord took me through some tough circumstances to draw me close to him. And so I think that's where that relationship with him really started to grow in my life.
0: We're talking with Rachel Ruth Lotz Wright today at SWS Radio. She actually wrote a book with her mom. It really is talking about like not just our family legacy, but like how we pass the baton of our faith and challenge our kids in this crazy culture that we're in where it's like all grace and love or truth. And it seems like people want to separate the true, but Jesus walked both like 100%. <laughs>
1: That's right. Well, it's so important to speak truth in love, you know, to be, but we have to speak truth. We have to stick to God's word. It's true from beginning to end. And then we have to not just tell people about it, but we have to live it out ourselves and um, and be that example to those around us.
0: You know, the Pew Research Center recently said that today's young people are the least religious generation, at least in, you know, recent recorded history. And it's concerning for a lot of parents like us. We want to champion truth. We want to raise our kids the right way with values and cultures telling them to be something or feel something or identify wherever you want to identify. But we're talking with Rachel Ruth Lotz right today at SWS Radio. Now, what have you noticed about the changing climate of faith in our country, Rachel Ruth?
1: It's been so bad. All this stuff that's happening all over our country, you can't even believe it. I I can't even believe that this is happening in America. But so many things, not just happening in the big scale with the political, all this stuff, but looking at this younger generation that's coming up and the access they have to everything on their phones and all that looking at social media 24-7 does to a kid for their self-esteem, for all that, it, it is the enemy, the devil, is coming after them to kill, steal, and destroy this generation coming up. And he has everybody, but I feel like there's a target on these younger kids to just make them as far away from God as the enemy can. And, and so it is vital That those of us who know Jesus and love Jesus, that we live out in authentic faith for him to be able to show these kids, this is the truth. This is the way that they need to walk in and be that light for them because they're very hungry for truth.
0: You know, and it seems like everybody's talking so much more about emotion and personal experience than they're talking about truth anymore. It's like, well, my truth and, you know, love is love and be true to yourself and what you feel about this social issue. And it's like, it's not about feelings because feelings always deceive us because there's no grounding in it except for us. And we're flawed.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. We we have to be so grounded in God's word. And don't be afraid to speak what God's word says. We have to speak the truth. And so there's, there's all these things in the Bible that people want to disagree with, whether it's about homosexuality or abortion or all these different things. And And I think when we speak with authority and we speak God's truth, That's what kids want. They don't want somebody to be shy about what they know or embarrassed or timid or like ashamed. No, you get out there and you speak with authority and and believe God's word. And these kids are desperate for it. And and so, you know, we're just we don't really believe what we believe. And they're just going to believe what they want to believe. And it's just all a mess. So we've got to stand firm.
0: We're talking about igniting faith in the next generation. We're talking with Rachel Ruth Lotz-Wright today at SWS Radio. You have three teenagers, right? I mean, yeah. and your mom was Anne Graham Lotz. You wrote a book called Jesus Followers with her recently. And, you know, when you're trying to think about like passing on your faith and your mom was thinking about passing on her faith and, and your grandfather was thinking about passing on his faith. It's like, what have you noticed about this marathon? Like where the handoffs start to happen as parents, we want to be a little more strategic.
1: Well, I think it is important at an early age, a a really early age to begin to teach your kids. And some of us, you know, some of y'all don't have, your kids are grown. And so you didn't have that. You can't go back. But for those of you who have younger kids, just start when they're young and And talk about what God's doing in your life and how God walked you through this trial. And this is a scripture God gave me and and make it exciting. There's nothing about God's word that is boring. Everything about Jesus is thrilling. And the walk with the Lord is an adventure and it's wonderful and he's loving and he guides you through. He's very personal. And and so it's so important for us to do that. And that's what I saw with both sets of my grandparents and my parents They love God's word and they, they shared with me what they were getting out of it. And they prayed with me when I was going through hard times and, and they were very involved in that. And and we have to too.
0: Rachel Ruth, how important do you see regular involvement in youth group for our kids? I mean, our kids are doing a million activities. They've got loads of homework at school. And a lot of times on, you know, Wednesday night or Sunday night, wherever your church is having their youth group things for kids, like something that's targeted, age appropriate to them, we always just kind of go, oh, we've got too much going on. Or our kids say, I don't want to go to church. I don't really care about it. I don't have any friends there. You know, what have you learned about encouraging your kids to get involved in that and where it sticks?
1: Yes. And well, I think it's important to find a good youth group because I grew up in, and I went and was left out when I was in youth group. The kids were great. And so there are some great ones out there and find a great church with a great youth group, or we're very involved in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so get them around other athletes or get them in groups like that, that can help them find other believers that they're not alone. They're not the only ones walking with the Lord, that there are others that are, and I think it's important for them to see that, to hear what they're going through and, and just have that community of believers their age. But I absolutely think it's important.
0: We're talking with Rachel Ruth Lotz Wright today at Swiss Radio, and there's a saying, you know, actions speak louder than words. And that's something that you and your mom talk a lot about when you're writing this book, when you're thinking about like, how do we share our faith, not just with others, but with our kids? How do we disciple our kids? How do we encourage our kids to grow and hunger more for God?
1: Well, actions do speak louder than words. And so I've always felt like If you tell your kids something, you have to be living that yourself because they don't want to see one thing and and then you live in another. So as I watched my grandparents and watched my parents, they always told us how to live according to God's word, but then they were also doing the same. They were careful about what they watched, what they said, how they lived, how they treated other people when we were out at restaurants or wherever. They were always loving and kind. And, um, and so that's what I've wanted my kids to see as well, that I'm not two people. I'm the same person anybody else sees. If you come into my home, if you go meet me at a store, wherever, I'm going to be the same person and one that loves Jesus and wants to have that joy of the Lord and genuinely live for him.
0: Now, Rachel Ruth, your mom is Ann Graham Lotz and she's Billy Graham's daughter. So he's your grandfather. Like share a couple of the stories about how you saw your mom and your grandfather just kind of acting as a guiding light to faith in your family.
1: Absolutely. So my mom had a huge impact on my life and probably the most of anyone. And in one example, she's very, very bold in her face. She's not ashamed. She'll tell anybody you know, about Jesus. And one time my mom and my sister and I were flying back from Mexico and we were on the plane and we noticed that President Musharraf, who was the president of Pakistan at the time, was sitting right in front of us. And mom was like, I've got to share the gospel with him. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'm just thinking she's going to get in the airport, get slammed to the floor, you know, guns are going to be at her. <laughs> and so I was like, mom. And so we were praying and mom just walks right up to him and looks at him in the eye and shares the gospel, tells him about Jesus, tells him God loves him and what Jesus did on the cross. And he just sat there, you know, and, and listened and didn't turn her away. And then she left. And just to see her guts to do that when he's got his security detail all around him and and he doesn't know who she is, and so that showed me. There are so many countless examples of when she's done stuff like that, but but just her boldness and seeing my my grandparents on both sides, their boldness in speaking up for the Lord and being unashamed for the Lord made a, a great impact on me. And and I called my grandfather Daddy Bill, and Daddy Bill was so loving and so kind and. Was such a great example to me of my heavenly father. And not every grandfather, not every father is a great example of what, you know, what God is to us. And, but Daddy Bill was, he loved the Lord. So,
0: well, tell us a little bit about the Lots family, because there's an amazing generation as well of faith and that side of your family from your dad, too.
1: So my dad was from New York City, so he grew up, his family had a church in the Bronx. My grandfather was a pastor in the, in the Bronx, the worst part of the Bronx. And and so, in fact, when Daddy Bill came to visit my other grandpa, his cab driver wouldn't even drive him to that section of the Bronx, <laughs> and somehow he made it. And um, but grandpa was fearless. He was, you know, preaching on the street corners to people and preaching in the subways and loved the Lord and just had such a heart for New York City. And so uh, he was a great example. My grandmother was a hygienist on Fifth Avenue and would share the gospel with all the people that would come into there. So
0: we're talking about our faith and we want to help our kids grow in their faith. We want to shine a light not just to the world but also to our kids. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges like when you grow up in a Christian family and you sort of take it for granted. It's like, hey, we go to church and I'm going to let the youth pastor kind of do a lot of the discipleship for my kids and you know, we're going to sit in church together as a family and you just kind of hope it soaks in. And all those things are great and are intentional and play a role in all this. But we're talking with Rachel Ruth Lotz today at SWS Radio and you're a mom of three teenage girls right so when you're thinking about the struggle you know you know you're walking through the craziness of where culture is and your daughters are coming home from high school saying mom I've heard it all I've seen it all there's the boys that are creeping around and starting to show some interest in your daughters and you're like yep not that one stay away from him red light warning signs it's a tough time to raise girls.
1: It really is. And the the one nice thing is my husband's the head football coach at the high school <laughs> <where they're, laughs> So the boys are terrified <laughs> to, to even talk to my girls. But so there's a blessing in that. But everything that they've gone through, I've been so thankful to be able that they come home and they'll talk to me about it. And so I think as a parent of teenagers, I think one of the biggest things we can give them is our time because and time is not an easy thing to give because we're all so busy. But but if you give your children time where you just sit and talk to them, even if it's till two in the morning, which is very frequent in our house, and, and just to sit there and listen to what's happening and be able to talk to what they saw or what they heard and kind of counsel them. Teenagers, I feel like we become more counselors than anything else as parents. And just to help them, but to love them, not point fingers at them, not to get angry with them. To really love them as they figure everything out and and walk in their own faith and and be a light and it's possible. All three of my girls have stayed so focused on the Lord and loved Jesus and and through high school were able to lead some of their friends to Christ and went to a high school where they didn't know the Lord. So these kids there and so I think it's we just need to really love our kids and give them time and always bring them back to Scripture and share Scripture with them and stories and show them how. Other people in the Bible did it when they were going through hard times and, and encouraged them.
0: Now, uh, Rachel Ruth, your husband's a football coach at the school that your daughters go to. And what have you learned about coaching, just watching your husband, Stephen, and the way, you know, when it comes to motivating your kids?
1: He keeps those guys disciplined. <laughs> and so keeps them moving and and he's encouraging them. He's, he actually, the school he's at is allows him to do a Bible study with them on Wednesday nights. And so he keeps them structured and everything. But, but I think the whole example of thinking of God as our head coach, you know, in the Bible as our playbook and we walk through life and the Lord just guides us when we have a question about what's happening in our days or what's going on, we need to turn to God's word and he speaks to us. And, and so my husband's been great with my girls that way and, and encouraging them and taking them back to the word. And, and I've disciplined my girls, you know, I kept uh, and did that all growing up too. And I think that's an important thing too, to give them to feel safe, you know, within those boundaries.
0: Now we're talking about passing the baton in this long marathon that we're running in life onto our kids when it comes to our faith. We're talking with Rachel Ruth Lotz Wright today at SWS Radio. You wrote a book with your mom and Graham Lotz talking about, like, how that is from the legacy of your grandfather, Billy Graham, to your mom, and now today with your daughters. You know, if we want to pass this baton onto our kids, what are the major things that we've got to learn about ourselves first?
1: Well, do you love Jesus? Is it really for real in your heart or is it something you've just always done? Like, you know, like we talked about going to church and, and just kind of doing those things, but really stop to think, do you really love Jesus? And if you don't, why, you know, what is it? When did that love for him grow cold? And I think it's important for us to have fresh encounters with the Lord. And we do that by get up early in the morning and have that time with him and ignite that faith in you, ignite that excitement for him. And it's contagious. It's contagious. And our kids love to see that. And so I think that's a, a big part of it.
0: We're talking with Rachel Ruth Lotz-Wright today at SWS Radio. Just prior to 2020, even before the pandemic started, there were a couple of different countries that have put elected officials or appointed officials in their government To deal with the pandemic of loneliness, to deal with the epidemic of loneliness. And, you know, like Britain even has like an official minister of loneliness to combat the problem. And Rachel, in your book, you talk about how there was a season when you were a teenager that you really struggled with a lot of loneliness. How did your mom help you through that?
1: She did. I, I struggled with it because when I went into high school, all the friends that I had had—that a lot of them had come to Christ in middle school—they just, you know, because all the temptations, they kind of fell away from the Lord, and it left me alone because I looked at my faith as very black and white: you either live for Him or you don't. And I wanted to live for the Lord, and so that left me by myself. I didn't go out on dates. I didn't have friends to do stuff on the weekends, and so I was by myself a lot. And my mom. Knew what was going on, and so she made time for me. And so every afternoon, I'd come home, and we'd sit at the table. We'd have popcorn and chocolate milk, and and she would just hear about my day and pray with me and talk me through it. And we also prayed about um, my future, like who my friends would be in college. That okay, if high school is going to be hard, then Lord, would you just bring me some godly friends in college? And God faithfully did that. I, I went to college and I met my best friends that all love the Lord. But but I think what I also learned was that Jesus is my best friend. So when you're lonely, you aren't alone if you have Jesus, that he's somebody you can talk to morning, noon, and night, which I do all the time when I'm driving, everywhere I go, I feel like I just have a conversation with the Lord and, and he became my best friend saw the same thing with my girls. They had a difficult middle school, all three of them. It was really hard in middle middle school. And that's where Jesus became their best friend. And so God puts hard situations in your life. There's for a purpose. There is a purpose for it. And and it's to draw us closer to him because Jesus wants to be our everything. He is so personal. He's not just this big God up there, but he wants to be a personal God to you and, and get to know you and and us to get to know him. And so I just think it, it's a, it can be a, a wonderful time in your life if you allow it instead of growing bitter and angry and resentful. Why am I lonely? Why don't I have friends around me? Why, why is this pandemic hit and I'm in my house and, and maybe it's because the Lord's drawing you away to just be with him. And so, so take that time to get to know him through the pages of your Bible.
0: You know, it's interesting. Sounds like your journey was a lot like mine. Were in high school. You know, I grew up in a Christian home too, and things were pretty black and white to me. And you know, certain friends are doing this, and I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to hang out with them. I can't hang out with them. Or I see there's temptation. I just not don't need to be around that. But then you go through that point and you start to get stronger and your spiritual muscles start to get a little bit stronger. And I don't know about you. Did did you ever like kind of feel like you were battling against legalism when you started to get some progress in that area? Because I know I did because I was trying to do what's right. But then I'm like, I'm not trying to put people down either. But I'm almost got to protect myself in a lot of ways to keep my momentum going because I feel like I'm one of the only people that's trying to live this way.
1: I think I didn't even think about that. I just knew – I knew what God's word said, and I didn't want to go against it. And I didn't want to place, like you, I didn't want to place myself in a situation where I would be tempted or somebody would think bad of me. I really lived out my faith in front of everybody in my high school. And if they said, oh, I saw right truth at this place, and they would assume I was doing something bad, and I wasn't. And that was important to me, to be a light to everyone around me. And so I didn't think of it as a legalism. The only thing I do think is looking back, is I really did. I think I, I did completely separate myself from everybody. And, um, and I just wonder if it was almost too much, if I should have, because I was almost protecting myself. I was tired of being hurt. I was tired of people turning their backs on me and even putting forth any effort to try and talk to them anymore because they'd been so mean. And so looking back, I just wonder if I just said more to be a better example, but the Lord knows. So, um, I can pray for him now, but I think you just do the right thing according to the Lord and he'll take care of it and he'll bring you friends at the right time and, um, and just trust him while you're going through this lonely period now. He knows, he sees it. He knows what you're going through and he understands.
0: We're talking about igniting faith in our kids and in this next generation and living it out as much as it's inside as is external, right? And we're talking with Rachel Ruth Lots Wright today at SWS Radio. She was a part of Billy Graham's family. You know, she's he's her grandfather, and Graham Lots is her mom. And, you know, when it comes to growing up in a family of Bible teachers, I gotta ask you this because you're mentioning how your husband's a football coach and he does a Bible study with some of his players on Wednesday nights, and I know you've a Bible study that people follow all over the country. And, you know, when we want to do something with our kids and, you know, you're trying to make it age appropriate for like your middle school or early high school kids. And, you think like okay. I want to do this for parents that are listening. Go. My kids are going to be like, "This is weird, Mom. This is crazy, Dad. I don't want to do this. I don't have time to do this. I need to do my homework. I want to go play with my friends." You know, where do you suggest we start as parents? We feel like you're you're starting the engine cold, but you just feel like I need to do it, but I'm not really sure where to even go.
1: One thing that impacted me a lot when I was growing up, when I was in eighth grade my mom did a Bible study. She decided to do a Bible study one summer and said, why don't you bunch a bunch of the girls and guys in your grade and have them over. And she was like, I'll always have like some kind of dessert and something. So that draws the kids. And so they came to the house and she taught us how to study the Bible It her Bible study method, which is very, very simple. It's just verse by verse. You ask these three questions and and it makes it come alive. And so that's what I ended up doing for one of my daughters. I, I was like, let's do that. So when she was going into eighth grade, we had all these kids over the house, we cooked all of this, you know, all these desserts. And these kids came girls and guys. And we talked about God's word, I taught them how to to study the Bible. And they loved it. And I, I still have some tell me that that had impacted them. And so I think food draws. kids, <laughs> And so you can do that. And then just Share you can share, have somebody come share their testimony every week. I, I think kids, I do, I learn by stories. And so have a different person, an athlete in town come share their testimony and just have the kids at your house and have it a place they can come and eat something and listen and and do that to impact their friends and, and to help in any kind of way. So that's just what we did in our house.
0: So you mentioned your mom would just kind of go verse by verse, maybe through a chapter of the Bible. And you said she would ask three questions. What were those questions?
1: Yes. Oh, I'd love to tell you. So this is what I do with my Bible study, too, that I teach. But the first one, so if you take a passage of Scripture, just like a couple of verses, and the first question is, what does it say? And that's where you list the facts. Just pull the main facts out of each verse. Just very simple. Don't change the wording. It's just the main facts. And then the next question yeah. is, what does it mean? So, what does it say? And then, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And under what does it mean? That's where you draw a lesson from that fact. So, what were they doing? You should have been doing. What were they doing that you should not be doing? You know, it's like it was a bad example or a good example, and just draw a lesson out of it. Get a lesson out of what they did, and, you know, or what it, what those facts were. And then after you do that, then it, what does it mean to me? And that's where you take that lesson. And you put it in the form of a question that you ask yourself. And so a simple verse, you know, the verse Jesus wept, there's your fact right there, Jesus wept. The lesson could be that Jesus, he feels what we go through. Uh-huh. He, uh-huh. He's, uh, you know, understands and feels what we're, and then the question could be, when do I doubt that God understands, you know, what I'm going through? When do I doubt that God is sensitive to what happens to me? And just like that, it's like it comes alive and it's thrilling. I can't study the Bible any other way now. And so I love it. And you can, and all you need is a piece of paper, a pen and your Bible. And, and there it is. It just comes alive.
0: Thanks for streaming Scott Harold's podcast from SOS radio. If, if you're one of our regular listeners, would you consider giving it a five-star rating? It really helps spread the word.